الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد so this is um, the closing session in terms of the topic that we've covered so far over the course of the weekend and i thought it would be uh, important to sort of uh, try to come back full circle so in the initial in the first uh, the first session that we had like three days ago now we talked about uh, the relevance of dhikr and why um, at least I had felt that it was an important topic to cover you know over the course of the weekend and uh, why and, you know kind of why why now why today so there were three points I mentioned in the beginning I just want to revisit those three points and then after revisiting those three points then uh, just kind of go over some practical uh, tips for ourselves so that we have something we can take take back with us inshallah because obviously we've covered a lot over the last, you know, three days. I mean, the depth that Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah goes into with this topic, it can be, uh, it can feel, it can almost seem overwhelming. And uh, that isn't the goal. The goal is to um, basically share with all of you, share with myself, the uh, the the reality of what dhikr is and the depth that a person can go into and the depth that the people of piety would go into when it came to this and doesn't mean that we have to adopt that per se it's just really to enlighten us to show us that there is a reality behind this and this was a very common practice and it was uh and it what it, it is what uplifted and empowered the the muslim ummah for 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 centuries so let's go back the three points i mentioned the first reason that we chose this topic was because uh it's rare in today's day and age it's rare in today's day and age for people to talk about this topic, and it's rare in today's day and age for people to actually um, practice this, right? We, we practice it in the general sense, in the sense of, you know, dhikr being the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So, yeah, I read, I read Qur'an when I can, I go to the masjid when I can, and I do istighfar when I can, etc. But no one actually places an emphasis on this in their daily life, that this is something on a daily basis that I need to be engaged in, I need to be involved in. Whereas you see... Uh, through the the writings that we've covered in the text, that in the lives of the Sahaba, for instance, I mean, this was a very common routine practice. In the lives of the people of piety, no matter what situation they found themselves in, this is something that they were engaged in regularly, and they were engaged in, engaged in it abundantly. Um, and, uh, you know, it's nowadays it's, it's rare. I mean, I, I, was, I mentioned, you know, maybe because I've seen just interacting with people across different communities, across different parts of the country, etc., no one has any idea what it even means to do dhikr. No one even knows what it means. Uh, it's like, oh, what do you mean? You mean I'm supposed to just take out my tasbih and say subhanAllah or alhamdulillah or something like that? I know how to, I know what that is. But that's the extent, right? And it's like, well, this tradition is so deep and it's benefited so many people across time and space. You know, why is it just, why is it dying now? Or why is it near dead um, when it has so much potential, it has so much potential in the sense of it has so much potential for us, right? And uh, and it's very simple. So that's the first thing. The second point I mentioned is that uh, people um, that people are suffering, right? And uh, that suffering can be largely alleviated through the through dhikr. And the first um, uh, so spiritually people are suffering in the sense of, you know, how many people today that 
are Muslim, how many people actually practice their basic principles of deen? Just basic principles. Not talking anything substantial, basic. How many Muslims today pray their five times a day, pray their salah five times a day on a regular basis? Right? Fifteen percent, ten percent, and that might even be, you know, an overestimate. It's it's so rare. We we don't think it's rare because in the small circles that we tend to interact with, people tend to pray, right, for the most part. But as soon as you go outside of that circle and you sort of reach out and you interact with people, you know, within the family or, you know, a greater scale, you realize that, wow, no one's doing this anymore. And this is basic. This is basic. These are just fundamentals. And so, uh, you know, daily recitation of the Qur'an, right? How many people can claim, unless someone's like studying Qur'an, the average person is not reading Qur'an every day, right? And I can guarantee that across, I mean, across the community, it's just not happening. This is just a simple thing that always occurred before and it's not occurring now. Uh, just fundamentals. And, you know, how about sins? Take a look at sins, right? Uh, at least amongst people that grow up, uh, you know, in, in grow up here, uh, major sins have skyrocketed, right? They've skyrocketed. You know, 25 years ago, it required effort to perform a major sin. And now it's across uh, across the board, everyone's involved in it. And uh, so these are the basic principles of deen. We're not trying to reach some, some uh, very high level. Just basic practices are not are non-existent across the community. And uh, it's just a sign of our spiritual death. And, and, and as a result, people are suffering in their deen. And it will all be held accountable on the Day of Judgment for it. So spiritually we're suffering, and then emotionally and psychologically we're suffering as well. Uh, you know, if you were to if you were to take apart the different pieces of our suffering, I mean, everyone suffers. Everyone has some degree of worry, but then that's becoming pathologic. It's more prevalent now, right? Depression and anxiety and and worry and inability to focus, etc. And a lot of that suffering. I'm not saying all of it can, but a lot of that suffering, the day to day suffering that people that don't have any problems with this before that are experiencing now. It can be alleviated largely by the power of dhikr. Um, and uh, and we haven't tapped into this. But everyone else is tapping into this, right? They're, they're, tapping into, uh, they're tapping into all these other strategies, meditation techniques and mindfulness and, uh, and all of this. And, there's, uh, and uh, expressing gratitude and all these things that we mentioned, um, these are all being tapped into by people of other communities and other faiths and it's so grounded in our tradition when you look into it and you look into the text it's so grounded in our tradition that we as believers should be looking to it as as well because we are a part of the greater community we too are suffering as well so why are we looking in so many other directions um, when we could just look into our own tradition and find what we need to help us alleviate our suffering so there's that point and then the third point that uh, we'd mentioned was that um, Connecting with Allah Ta'ala, it uh, empowers a person and it empowers the community. And dhikr is the way by which a person deeply connects with Allah Ta'ala. And what it does is empowers, what do I mean by empowers us? It grounds us. It grounds us. You know, we we need grounding in our life. Something that we can resort to, something that we can uh, always have with us when when. Uh, in times of of difficulty and in times of ease, something that is consistent and 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 there with us all the time. Uh, that no matter where we go or what situation Allah Taala puts us in, that we still have it with us, right? We don't know where we're going to be ten years from now, or five years from now, or twenty years from now. We could end up living somewhere we never thought we'd live. We could end up having, 
difficulties we never thought we'd end up having. But if we begin, you know, now establishing this daily goal of dhikr, then every single day we'll have this connection with Allah Ta'ala. And even when we are going through difficulty, we know where to turn back to and we still have this maintained in our life. We're grounded. And, uh, you know, I'll, I, I could say, and this is in particular important for, for, the, for, for, for generations that grow up, you know, in, these, in our community here, maybe less so for people that, that, move, that migrate over. Um, if I look at people around me, for instance, people that I grew up with, um, that were very so. What our what what our habit has always been is that we like to uh, engage younger people. We like to engage people in the community with activities and conferences and activities and conference. We load them with that, right? And what the, which is good, but the problem is that they're not always going to be tied to the community, right? Eventually, you're going to move away for something. You're going to have to go for college, or you're going to have to go to a different city because of work. And they, these things are not going to be present there necessarily in the way that you were used to. So what happens? That connection that you had to the masjid and the connection that you had to the community before, that community, that connection will be lost. And as a result, your connection with Allah also becomes severed. Does that make sense? That connection also with Allah becomes severed. So people that I grew up with, for instance, if I look around, you know, probably 80% of the friends that I grew up with have almost no attachment to deen today. And the select few that st- that do are people that connected themselves to Allah Ta'ala deeply. Because no matter where they ended up in the world, right, no matter where they ended up in the world, they still had something that they were grounded in. And if we don't ground ourselves in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, then what are we going to ground ourselves in? Everything else changes. Allah Ta'ala doesn't change. Everything else moves. Allah Ta'ala doesn't move. Right, wherever you may find yourself, meaning physically or meaning um, psychologically or uh, uh, in terms of mm, level of comfort and in terms of trials and tribulations, wherever you may find yourself, if you have their Allah Taala with you, then you'll be fine. And so, I think it's important for, uh, and we're all almost each of us is from like a different community almost. But I think it's very important that we ground uh, ourselves first and foremost, and we ground the people around us in this as well. Um, if we look at the masjid today, where we're very, mashallah, you know, the masjids are there's more and more masjids, and there's more people coming to the masjid. But if you look at Fajr prayer, for instance, uh, how many people come to the Fajr prayer that don't have an accent? Like none. But the number of people that uh, meaning the number of people that in the community now. I mean, there's so many younger people. There's so many people in general that have spent their lives here, 20, 30, 40 years growing up here. There's no attachment to the to the, the masjid itself, the crux of the masjid. They're attached to some of the activities of the masjid, but again, that's going to disappear. You go to a different community that has a masjid, they're not going to have the same activities that you had in your masjid. They're going to have fajr prayer, right? And if you don't have an attachment to fajr prayer, you're never going to show up to that masjid, and that's what's happening. So it's something. To, it's definitely something to think about. That you know, we, we're we're neglecting this entire we're, this entire generation of Muslims, thinking that we're empowering them with this. But ultimately, you'll, you'll, we'll see. We'll see if we don't see it now. You'll see it in ten years. It's just it's going to continue in this way. And the people that decide to firmly ground themselves in their connection with Allah Taala, those are the ones that are going to be the ones that survive. So that's sort of circling back, you know, full circle with with this. The the last you know sort of thing I thought. Um, maybe this will be short, a shorter session, but practically speaking, today, you know, now 2018, what, 
how could we take back something from the the text that we had covered? And like I said, it was very deep, right? There's a lot of depth in the text. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of wisdom, and it can be overbearing. And uh, let's take something back practically that we can all, inshallah, carry with us. And this is in the context of us not, we're not students of knowledge, right? At least most of us. We're not people that are dedicating our lives to, you know, uh, to the work of deen, for instance. We have responsibilities, we have families, we have work, we have school, etc. So practically speaking, for the average person, the average American, like what is it that we can do? And, you know, there's, there's, there's people that are listening remotely, a lot of people that are listening remotely as well. So this is kind of, this applies to everyone. And so the first thing that we can take back is that it is important for us to establish daily goals for ourselves in terms of our dhikr. A set quantity or a set quantity that we perform on a daily basis. That so we have a bare minimum that look when I wake up in the morning, I know this is what I have to do today. Kind of like Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned that this is kind of his strength for the day. Same deal. That we have some set quantity that we would perform every single day. And the benefit of this is that it is uh, it's important to be consistent. And the, the benefit of this is also is that you will make progress over time. And you can choose what that routine would be for yourself, but it just has to be a set quantity. Now, included in that, you should diversify the routine. It shouldn't just be one form of dhikr. It should be diverse. And it should be from the sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam. So the number one thing, for instance, is that every day you should have some Qur'an in your life. Every day there should be some recitation of Qur'an. Right? There's no greater word than the Qur'an. And as we've covered in you know, over the course of the weekend, there's no better form of dhikr than the recitation of the Qur'an. Nothing compares to the recitation of Qur'an. So that should be certainly on your list. Have a set goal that every day I want to recite this much Qur'an. There should be on that list istighfar, where you sit down and you ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive you. Because why Why is this a part of our daily routine? Because the Prophet ﷺ himself did this every single day. It's in hadith well established, in sahih hadith. The Prophet ﷺ sought forgiveness every single day. So we should have in our routine some set number of times where we recite istighfar and we do it from our heart. Heart meaning with our tongue, but fully engaged. In that routine should be salawat on the Prophet ﷺ. That every day there's some set amount of salawat, durood that we send on the Prophet ﷺ. You know, we, we do this, we love the Prophet ﷺ a lot. There's no, I don't doubt anyone, um, I don't doubt that in anyone. Um, but and but the issue sometimes is that we, we uh, express that love sporadically, right? When we remember the Prophet ﷺ, we'll send salawat on the Prophet ﷺ. When someone else mentions him, then we'll send salawat on the Prophet ﷺ. When we come to gatherings where the Prophet ﷺ remember, we remember him, right? But really, it should be a daily thing for us. I mean, every single day we're trying to strive toward living a, a day like he lived. Well, then every single day we should send salawat on the Prophet ﷺ as well. Is highly rewarded, highly, regard, highly regarded, etc. The, the other thing we should include are du'as from the sunnah of the Prophet because these are a form of uthkar as well. So du'as, for instance, the morning, when you wake up in the morning, there's a certain set of du'as the Prophet would recite that are very beneficial to you. And, you know, we didn't have a chance to go over them this weekend. We did it, I think, some in Atikaf. But for instance, the du'a when you wake up in the morning, right? What's that du'a? That's a form of dhikr as well, right? You wake up and you're remembering Allah and you recite this du'a the way the Prophet recited it. The du'a of... Um, for instance, uh, the Prophet Wasallam uh, recommended the du'a after the uh, the Fajr prayer before the sun rises. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi adada khalqihi wa ridaa nafsihi wa zinat arshihi wa midadik alimati. Right, he was sitting once with his, he was in, he was at home. He prayed the Fajr prayer and he left. 
sorry, he left, and he when he had come back much later, he saw his wife. Uh, I think it was Juwadia. She was sitting, and she was engaged in the remembrance of Allah Taala from the time the Prophet left until he came back. She was sitting in the dhikr of Allah. Right? Imagine that's a very long period of time. And he came back and he asked what she was doing, and he said, "I've been in the position remembering Allah." And he said, "You know, if there were uh, the if you recite these." Uh, what, four things three times or five things three times then it would be better than all that time you had spent right so this is like a shortcut form of a dhikr because you get that reward you get that benefit and you're just reciting a little bit so learn some of these du'as then you implement them in your life and you'll see you know that you'll, you'll, you yourself will notice the benefit of it um, Sayyid al-Istighfar right this is the du'a the Prophet taught us that you recite this du'a Allahumma anta rabbi la ilaha illa anta that if a person recites it in the morning and they pass away by the evening, they're guaranteed Jannah. You're protected from Jahannam for the rest of the day. Then you recite it in the evening, right? And until the following morning, you are protected from Jahannam. This is Jannah for you. And Jannah is our goal. So the, there's so many benefits to these du'as. In addition to these being from the Sunnah of the Prophet they're forms of remembrance as well. That at times of the day when you, let's say you're at work, right? And you get caught up at work, and it's sometimes difficult to to refocus that. Oh wait, you know I'm supposed to remember Allah. So, for instance, if you have du'as that when you go to the bathroom, you can go to the bathroom when you're at work. Right before you enter the restroom, you're going to remember Allah. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubith wal-khabaith. You're going to remember Allah, and you're going to be like, oh, okay, good, I remember. You come out of the bathroom, you're going to remember Allah. At, you're going to most of us eat lunch at work, right? If you know, if you learn the du'a the Prophet Sallallahu taught us before eating uh, a meal, before eating a meal. Then even when you are busy with everything at work, you'll stop and you'll start saying the du'a with your tongue and you'll be like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to remember Allah. So uh, part of your da- part of our daily routine of dhikr should be du'as from the life of the Prophet wasallam because by design, by design, they allow us to remember Allah Ta'ala during points of the day where we would otherwise forget Allah Ta'ala. They're kind of these inflection points, you can say. Um, and then there should be some time in muraqab or self-reflection where you just spend time, five, ten minutes every day, whatever quantity you can do, where you just sit down in silence. And there's many, there's there's, there's a lot of benefit to silence. And uh, I was mentioning last night too, you know, like uh, nowadays people that practice meditation and define the benefits of meditation, they recommend 20 minutes of meditation uh, every single day, right, at least. And they say that if you're actually more of a, more advanced in your in your practices, you should actually push that goal to like 45 minutes to an hour every day. And the teachers of this, they actually spend that much time every day. Teachers that do this, sorry, that this is, teachers not meaning teachers that dedicate their lives to this practice. Teachers that teach this but yet have normal lives like the rest of us, they themselves practice 45 minutes to an hour in the morning before going to work. Um, and, I, you know, this is what our mashayikh have been teaching us for for centuries now. Right, that spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes just sitting down in silence. So there's a lot of benefit to that. So anyways, the point being that establish a daily goal for yourself. If you need to write it down, you should write it down before you leave and make it a, make it a point to try to meet those goals. Now, there's going to be certain days where you don't meet those goals, and that's fine. Right? But at least you know what your personal goals are for yourself, and everyone's different. The next thing, it's important, practically speaking, is, uh, and I know this doesn't seem to fit with the topic of the weekend, but... It's that we frequent the masjid for salah. It's that we frequent the masjid for salah. And this is, uh, you know, Qur'an is the best form of dhikr in terms of, you know, something you can utter with your tongue. But going to the masjid for salah is, um, is essential. Is essential. It's a form of dhikr as well. For you to have to remember 
you know, that at, you know, 5 o'clock or 5.15 is Maghrib Salah. Throughout the day, you're making, you're cognizant of that. You're like, oh, I have to be at the masjid at 5.15. 4.45 comes up, you're checking your clock. 4.50, 5 o'clock comes up, oh, I have to leave soon, I have to leave soon. These are all forms of remembering Allah Ta'ala. And the house of Allah Ta'ala is the place where Allah Ta'ala is remembered. So this should be, uh, this should be in our lives, going to the masjid frequently. And you can go to the extent to say that if you had a choice between sitting at home and doing dhikr or going to the masjid and praying salah, 100% you should go to the masjid and pray salah. If it means that you have a busy day and you, didn't, you weren't able to get in your daily goal for your dhikr for that day, but you know the Isha prayer in the masjid is coming up and you have a choice, should I pray Isha in the masjid or should I just meet my goals of Qur'an, dhikr, etc.? Go to the masjid. Hands down. There's no question about this. There's no question about this. If you had a choice between, you know, in my daily goals for routine, I, had, I have this goal of praying the hajjud every morning, right? Um, and uh, you wake up and you realize that I'm really tired. I have a choice. I'm either going to be able to pray the hajjud in the morning or I can make it to fajr in the masjid, right? What, ch- what should you do? Pray fajr in the masjid, 100%. I mean, you'll always be right if you choose that. And so much so that if someone has time, let's say on the weekend, where you could only where you had a choice between dhikr in general or going to the masjid for your five salahs, you choose your five salahs. There's nothing that compares. It's the best form of remembrance, and you're going to the place of remembrance. It'll take care of you spiritually. Let's put it that way. It'll be all the spiritual food that you need. And not only will it be the spiritual food that you need, you will be able to provide that food to your entire family as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's, like, it's, um, it's like going to the grocery store five times a day. Right and bringing back food, your 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 spouse, your children will be will be will be so happy because every meal they get exactly what they want. You forgot something at the store, you're going back three hours later to pick up more. You forgot the milk. Okay, fine, I'm gonna go again at four o'clock and pick up milk. Oh, you didn't get you know. I was hoping we could have you know uh, a live chicken for dinner. Go bring a live chicken and you go at seven thirty. You go pick a live chicken. Right? How happy? How excited would they be? Because every couple of hours you're bringing back this nourishment for them and it's fresh and you're not forgetting anything. So the masjid is the same way. When, when, when we go to the masjid, we're actually feeding our entire family spiritual food for the course of the day. So imagine if you could feed them once a day, okay, it has some, there's, some, there's you know, they'll appreciate it. You feed them five times a day, they'll definitely appreciate it. And uh, so this is very important. Um, and it, it can't be emphasized enough. Okay, the, um, the last, sorry, the, the next point, which is really the last point, is ties into the previous one, uh, practically speaking, that we should make it a priority to find and attend gatherings where Allah Ta'ala is remembered. We, we ourselves, our children, our families, um, our, uh, our communities, but obviously we have limited control over that, but certainly our, ourselves and our families, we should make it a priority that where, when there are gatherings or where there are gatherings where Allah Ta'ala is remembered, for the sake of remembering Allah, right? For the sake of remembering Allah. Not that we get together, have dinner, and while we're there, somebody says, hey, let's, why don't we just have a, a short khatira? Since you're here, why don't you, you know, read a hadith and we can talk about it? That's not, you're not gathering for that purpose. When there are gatherings that are intended for the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, we should make it, an, we should make it a priority for ourselves and for our families that we attend these. Um, for instance, such as you know these weekend gatherings, but this is, these are one-offs, but more more gatherings that occur regularly, and there's a lot of benefit. We talked last night extensively about the benefits of the gatherings of remembrance, but in addition to that, practically speaking, for us, you know, given the situation we find ourselves in, in the sense of 
you know, r- relatively speaking, we live in a spiritually barren um, space. Our communities are spiritually barren. Our homes are that way as well. This gives us an opportunity to reset ourselves. We, we forgive ourselves. I mean, Allah Ta'ala forgives us by attending this. But it gives us an opportunity to reset ourselves and refocus our priorities on Allah. And this happens when you go to the masjid every day. But, but sometimes when you have these gatherings focused on Allah's remembrance, it, uh, it really allows you to reset yourself. It reminds you that, you know what, Allah Ta'ala is my focus in life. You know, I'm going to continue doing what I need to do, but I can't lose sight of that. And it's very easy to lose sight of that. So rather than wait for Ramadan to reset yourself, or rather than wait for Hajj to reset yourself, you know, you don't know if you're going to live until then. Rather, find these gatherings, seek them out, and make it a priority that you attend them. And you would attend them, I mentioned, it isn't, you should attend them like you would attend the Friday prayer. The Friday prayer is legally, from a Shari standpoint, it's required. You have to attend it, right? Spiritually speaking, these gatherings are, are required as well, right? You're not, you may not be held on the Day of Judgment for it from a Shari standpoint, right? But, uh, but if you're trying to sustain yourself spiritually, then you, could, you should consider it required to attend these for your own benefit and for the benefit of your families. So it's an opportunity to reset yourself. And uh, secondly, it's, um, it's an opportunity to interact with people that have similar goals in mind. And there's benefit in that as well. When you are interacting with people that are also there for the purpose of remembering Allah Ta'ala, that effect compounds itself and then you benefit from that as well. You know, for instance, if you go to gatherings where, um, where people of similar interests get together, there's this natural excitement that's created. You know, I can use my own example that, you know, from my line of work, it, you, you get into this lull, right, after a period of time. But then you get, you get together and you go to a conference and you're with all these other people that, are, that have the same kind of goals in mind, career goals in mind, and they're in the same uh, field in mind and they have the same specialty and they're excited and they're sharing what they've d- uncovered over the last year and their goals for the upcoming year and you begin to chit-chat and talk and you're just in that gathering, you, get, you also benefit from that. You'll, you'll actually feel uplifted by that. Now... Um, and in fact, even in the workplace, this is the reason that a lot of uh, departments have like meetings on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis, right? Because the, peer, the, the manager who's in charge recognizes that we need, to, we need to create some excitement within our group. And there is a lull, but let's get together and let's just chit-chat and let's just talk. And let's, just, let's just talk about our experience or let's just share something new that we've done over the past couple of weeks. Because they're trying to create excitement to remind us about you know the 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 positive things in in uh, in that in that particular realm. So this applies to many things, and so when you get together with people of like mindedness who share the same goals and same intentions, it has a compounding effect, and you yourself become energized and excited by it. So the gatherings where Allah Taala is remembered, this is where the people who care about Allah come together. So naturally, in your mind, in your heart, you will also begin to care about Allah more. You know, some of these conferences, they have, um, you know, they have these, um, these experts and specialists in your particular field, right? And you sometimes are inspired by the work that they've done. So in the gatherings where Allah Ta'ala is remembered, these people exist there as well. And they excite you. And they encourage you. They encourage your children that, that Allah Ta'ala should be the focus on life. وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ ذِكْرَ تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an that remind one another, right? Remind one another. The Qur'an in and of itself is a form of reminder, but people need more sometimes. 
going to the masjid is a form of reminder, but the people need more. So, وَذَكِّرْ Remind one another. فَإِنَّ ذِكْرَ تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Because verily, reminders or the or remembrance is what benefits the believers. Remind one another often. So, if you have in your schedule that, you know what, I'm going to attend this gathering where Allah Ta'ala is going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a priority in my life and in my family's life. That we have nothing, uh, th- this is set aside for this. This is what's important to us. Let's put it that way. This is what's important to us. When you make something a priority, you will get there. It's simply a matter of what's your priority, right? This, this is like they tout this in the workplace all the time. If you don't meet a de- if you don't, if you don't show up to a meeting, this it's simple. It's because you you did not make it a priority, or it, or something else took priority over it. That emergencies obviously come up. That's a different story because that becomes your priority. Uh, if you don't meet a deadline, for instance, it's simply a matter of priority. Well, what was your priority? You didn't meet the deadline because this wasn't as important to that to something else, whether it was sleep or whether it was something else in your life. So similarly, just make a decision that, look, this is a priority to me. Friday prayer is a priority, which is why everyone, most people, even even people that work, and they they uh, people go to extreme lengths to come to Friday prayer. And I've heard some, you know, really... Uh, crazy stories of the extreme lengths that people have to go in order to make it to Friday prayer. It's a priority for them, which is really good. Um, so this, we just make it a priority. Spiritually, this is a priority for me. And uh, inshallah, you know, you, we will, you will, we will all benefit tremendously from uh, from these sorts of gatherings. So this is practically what I think will be helpful for us moving forward. Taking back all of the benefits that we've seen the, we didn't cover you know the hundred benefits, but we covered mashallah a good number of benefits uh, from the text, uh, and we should try to uh, revise these. The talks are all recorded, and they're all they'll, they'll all be if they're not already they'll all be placed on the website. So it's good to you know in a week or two weeks just kind of refresh your mind that oh this is what we mentioned, this is what we mentioned. Because I'll be honest, even in my own mind, I don't even remember what I covered in session two or session three. There's so much depth there. But if we remind ourselves of it, we should try to remind ourselves of it, all the things that we learned and we benefited, listen to them again, and then and then share it with the people around us that we think will benefit as well. I mentioned this before that um, there's, there's, there's uh, one expectation Allah Ta'ala has is that we bring dhikr into our own life, right? That we connect with Allah Ta'ala. But another expectation is that we connect other people with Allah Ta'ala. With the same gift that Allah gave us the expectation is that we're going to gift it to someone else as well. So encourage other people toward Allah Ta'ala and toward connecting with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala as well. So with that said, we'll conclude inshallah. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala uh, grant us all the tawfiq to be regular and abundant in his dhikr. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala forgive us for any of our prior mistakes in the past. And uh, may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala accept us as, uh, his, uh, uh, as his choice servants. Uh, may Allah Ta'ala make uh, the uh, masjid our second home. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala uh, make gatherings like these regular in our communities. Make Allah, may Allah subhanahu wa taala uh, allow us to be a part, part, a part of these gatherings. You know, until we pass away, may Allah subhanahu wa taala continue to bless us and allow the angels to be uh, happy to see us. May Allah taala make uh, our voices familiar to the angels. May Allah taala, uh, ya Allah, we ask that you uh, remember us in gatherings better than these gatherings. And ya Allah, we ask that you. Disclose our names to the angels, Ya Allah. We ask that you uh, make us regular and consistent in our routine, and that we that you make us that you allow us to achieve our goals. And Ya Allah, we ask that you remove any mistakes from our lives, any sins from our lives. We ask that you make it easy for us to remove these, Ya Allah. 
Ya Allah, we ask that you allow us to enlighten our hearts with your remembrance, with your Quran, Ya Allah, with salutations upon the beloved Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, we ask that you allow us to follow the Sunnah of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, we ask that you illuminate the hearts of ourselves and our family members, that you enlighten our homes with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, and make them the homes of remembrance. And Ya Allah, we ask that you connect, uh, that we ask that you preserve us, Ya Allah, until we pass away, Ya Allah. We ask that you make, uh, we ask that you that you allow our dhikr to be a protection from shaitan and from our nafs, Ya Allah, and from anyone that has any evil intent toward us, Ya Allah. And Ya Allah, we ask that you preserve our iman and our faith, Ya Allah, and the iman and faith of our children and our parents and our loved ones and our community members, Ya Allah. And we ask that you make us uh, from amongst uh, those who revive your deen, Ya Rabb. We ask that you make us from amongst those who call people toward you, Ya Allah, and people who revive the Sunnah, Ya Allah. And we ask that you be pleased with us, Ya Allah, and that you accept whatever little effort we put, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we collected here for your sake, Ya Rabb, Ya Allah. We're tired, we're hungry, Ya Allah. We've left our uh, our loved ones, Ya Allah. Our knees are hurting, our, 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 our bodies are aching, Ya Allah. We've left our own comforts. We've sacrificed all of these things for your sake, Ya Allah. And we ask from you, Ya Allah, that... Through the sacrifice, Ya Allah, and through the acceptance of the sacrifice, Ya Allah, that you preserve us, Ya Allah, and that you preserve our families, Ya Allah, and you, you keep us under your shade, Ya Allah, both in this life and the hereafter, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you keep us always in the company of your angels, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, and you ask that you make us regular and consistent in the gatherings of the dhikr, Ya Allah, and allow us to be enveloped by the angels in those gatherings, Ya Rabb. Ya Allah, we ask that you make us servants of your deen, Ya Allah. Allow us to serve you and serve your creation abundantly, Ya Allah. Ya Allah Ta'ala, we ask that you reward those people. We ask that you reward all of us, Ya Allah. We ask that you reward this community, Ya Allah. We ask that you reward those people that served us while we were here, Ya Allah. That you bless them, Ya Allah. You forgive them, Ya Allah. You put barakah in their wealth, Ya Allah. You, ya Allah. And that you you shower them and their families with your mercy, Ya Allah. We ask that you accept them, Ya Allah, and the sacrifices that they've made, Ya Allah, so that we could be comfortable while we were here, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Ya Rahman, we ask that, you know, the way we've attached ourselves to the masjid this weekend, Ya Allah, we ask that you attach us to the masjid, Ya Allah, for the rest of the year, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you allow us to see the month of Ramadan, Ya Allah, and we ask that you allow us to spend many more days confined to your masjid, Ya Allah, for your sake and for your happiness and your pleasure, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you make things easy for us, Ya Allah. We ask that you protect us from difficulties and from calamities, Ya Allah. And if we are in the fa and if we are facing difficulties and calamities, Ya Allah, we ask that you provide us a way out from it, Ya Allah. And if there isn't an immediate way out, Ya Allah, we ask that you provide us with the sabr and the patience and the perseverance required to to um, to uh, to accept what you have uh, decreed for us, Ya Rabb. Ya Allah, we ask that you make us content with whatever you have decreed for us, Ya Allah. We ask that you make us people of gratitude, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you make us people of your remembrance, people that remember you, and people that are thankful to you abundantly, Ya Allah, no matter what situation we find ourselves in as individuals, as communities, Ya Allah, we ask that we always turn back to you, Ya Allah, in gratitude, Ya Allah, in graciousness, Ya Allah, in gratitude, Ya Allah, in, uh, in tawbah and in repentance, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim. Whatever benefit we had gathered, we had gained from this, Ya Allah, we ask that you allow us to take it home with us, share it with the people around us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you uh, allow all of us to continue our work of deen wherever we may be, that you accept this effort from us, Ya Allah, and that you bless this effort from us, Ya Allah. Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim. Uh, whatever the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would ask from you, Ya Allah, whatever khair would be what the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would ask, Ya Allah, we ask that you grant us that as well, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, and 
we recognize full well, Ya Allah, that your that if your Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi were here today, Ya Allah, he would be he that 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 we would be able to just listen to him and benefit from him, Ya Allah. And and he's not, Ya Rabb, and 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 we're doing what we can, Ya Allah. We ask that you just accept it from us, Ya Rahman. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi